You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I love this week's topic. I love all my topics. I love all my guests, and this is no exception. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I am all about goals and goal strategy for event prep and basically bringing people together because you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every Monday, I bring together three of my people um, to chime in on the topic of the week. And then Thursday, it will magically become an episode of the Dev Show podcast. And today we're talking about Heart Centered. It's a heart month. It's, well, if you're watching, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. If you're listening, Valentine's Day was two days ago. But it's really, when you think about it, it is all about a heart. So I have today some of my favorite heart-centered people. I have Dina Hanke, who is the marketing magician. I was trying to remember how I know you because we've been in and out of like the same conferences together for three years. So I think we're going to go with general. Um, and Erin McCoy, who comes with comes to me from the Friends of Annie or FOA Coalition. Love Annie. So, Thank you, Annie P. Ruggles, for bringing me another awesome human into my life. And Erin is all about being spiritually intuitive, but I'll let her say that. <laughs> and uh, Mali Padapadit, who came from my friend Wanda Allen, who loves introducing great people, as I love bringing my great people to you all. Um, and again, I'm so excited about the topic. But before we dive in, I would love you all to introduce yourselves. I'd say introduce yourselves better, but I basically just said all you are is awesome, which is an important factor. So Dean, uh, please tell people who you are, why you are here, and what it is you love about the topic of being heart-centered. Absolutely. Hi, gang. Uh, Dean Hankey here, the Dean of Success, VIP Charismatic, marketing magician and people pro. And uh, I am a professional weirdo. Uh, I am obsessed with humankind and human mm. kindness. Mm. And uh, so um, for me, heart-centeredness is about being a value, service, support, and encouragement to others, helping other people get what they ultimately want, need, desire, and deserve. That's it. Pretty simple, pretty easy. Helping good people win. Ooh, that is Ooh. like such a good motto. Well, you know I'm all about the motto, but helping good people win. And when you start with heart, I rhymed. Everybody wins. Yeah. Fantastic. Erin. Deb. Good to see you. Please to introduce you. yourself. I, I, 
yeah. I feel like we only see each other when you're on my show. So no, we glad- need we need to hang out like outside of this. But thank you so much for having me. And how am I supposed to follow Dean? Because that was like one of the greatest, I don't know, connective uh, power statements about what he does. So thank you. Thank you for being obsessed with the heart centered. I am too. Um, I help the soulful woman transform her sensitivity into a superpower as a spiritual, intuitive business and life coach. And I love that word obsessed. I am obsessed with helping the heart centered live their purpose by tapping into their gifts, their intuition and their soul. So for me, being heart centered is an absolute must. The way that I live, the way that I encourage my clients to live, um, it's dreamy and yummy and I love it. And you all know that I am all about the mission. You know, what are you all about? And best, mm-hmm. most of all, how do you help? And when you come from a place of a heart, that makes it so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going out into the universe. Well, wonderful. And I believe you also inspired this topic by the last, something you said the last time you were on my show. So really good to see you and to have you here mm-hmm. to Thank chat. You. Molly. Hello. Great to have you here. Please introduce yourself and say what it is about this topic that speaks to you. Great. Thank you so much for having me and for being with Aaron and Dean. Um, I love people. You know, I, I heard obsessed with people, human kindness, just loves intuition, spirituality. I love people and I love um, helping people come back to their center. So this idea of heart centeredness is also about being self-centered for me and helping leaders center themselves, understand what matters to them most, what is their purpose in life, and making sure that they spread that vision, that mission for living a purpose-driven life. And that comes from the heart, that comes from the soul. And our work at SOAR um, is really about bringing compassion and love back into the workplace so leaders can be vulnerable and can be the example of what it means to show up as a whole human, full-heartedness, centeredness around being a whole human as they lead people and lead themselves to greatness. So that's why I'm here today. Just being a part of this conversation is so exciting and it's my joy and it's my passion. I love people. Well, Yay. <laughs> I, I think we, we all have that in common for sure. You know, loving people and being around people because don't you kind of have to? I have no choice. Right? I, yeah. I have no choice. I love people too. I totally, I'm totally inspired by what Mali says. I think that is oh yummy. I just got like a little goose bumping going on right. here. Right. I guess the question is, when did be nice, do good become a strategy? Mm. Like, That's a really good question. You know, you it's know, who you are, or it should be, I think, anyway. I love that question so much, but I think the four of us on this call, we, we get it because that's just, I think that's who we are. And that's why, Aaron, you said you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, we're all shaped by our environment where we all get nurtured over time and how we came into the world as souls quickly as lights, right? Quickly mm-hmm. dwindle over time because life happens. Mm-hmm. We're born into zip codes and circumstances. I'm a child refugee of war. And so there's a lot of things that happen that over time dim my light. 
over time made me scared over time, you know, helped me put on war paint and show up a certain way. And now that I'm older, I realize that it's trying to get back to me. It's trying to get back to who I really am. And I think that's the journey for all of us. The little people inside of us are still inside of us. We're just now in big people body and we're trying to figure out what's going on within me that I don't feel full or fulfilled. And that's the journey. The journey is coming back home to that little soul of yours that came into this place. For me to to follow up, that is so well put, Molly. Like, I love that growing from the, the baby soul into the bigger soul. Like, oh, yeah. And, and to like further on to what Dean was asking about, when did nice become, you know, a strategy for me? And I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. For me, the pandemic crumbled the walls of compartmentalization and you know, the elevated consciousness aspect, and then more and more people, you know, letting go of formality around, you know, when I'm at work, I'm at work, when I'm at home, I'm at home. But now it's just one big, beautiful mess that is colorful and allows for much more fluidity and movement. And, you know, being nice is the best strategy now, which is wonderful. It's the time. It's finally here um, because people resonate with people. Right. That's where that that's where the, the real juiciness comes is when you feel that connectivity, you know. And so for me in my, in my work, that that pandemic, while it held so much grief and, and angst and, and shift, it also was a moment of real release for a lot of soulful entrepreneurs, especially. Mm. Wow. I gosh. Aaron, I, I don't even know what to say. I think it's so true what you just said. I feel a lot of the work that we do very similar to you is not just about being nice. It's a lot of it has to do with um, empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, being nice is one thing and, and feeling empathy is another. But when you start to take action, you start to, to, to through your action, show how compassionate you are to help uplift others, to do something great. That's really where you allow yourself to feel more connected to who you really are. I think most of us, um, if not all of us, without all the other layers are good and want goodness and want greatness, not only for ourselves and for others. So that healing has to happen first within us so that we can be in that abundant overflow place to be able to share that love with others. So that heart centric has to start with the the bruises and the scars that we have and making sure we're nurturing and we're, we're, we're loving and we're healing so that when we start to support others, it comes from a real authentic place. Mm -hmm. That's I think the key for me, my own personal journey. Oh, agreed. Totally agree. I think all the potential. My apologies. Go ahead. I was going to say, I love this. Dean, did you want to chime in? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, back to you in the studio there, Deb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's moving from information to transformation. What are, what are I, the, maybe what we could challenge each of us to offer a practical, applicational tool or strategy or system or to impl- you know, something we can actually do to move from, you know, everyday living to a heart-centered, charismatic approach to the world. And I'll start. Um, and simply, but, but, but you're, you're jumping, you're jumping, you're like three questions ahead of me. Okay. I'll <laughs> wait. 
Well, and, and I think you all answered this pretty well, but I really want to really hit the nail on the head with the question, which is, what does it mean to be heart-centered? So you're all talking about what the topic means to you, but I would love to just get that definition or your definition out there. And then we could talk about how people can be more of that. So Aaron, do you want to start this one? Sure, 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 sure. So for me, I mean, here here's the thing. I I think that coming to the table with your heart leading is magic, honestly. And that for for me is the direct connectivity to my purpose. And that's what I encourage my clients to do is to lead with heart, to show up for themselves from the heart and um, really lean in to, you know, their heart centered gifts, their ability to, you know, do a gut check, you know, those kinds of intuitive places that um, for, you know, you know, for, for so long have been, you know, undernourished. And so, you know, for me, when I say heart-centered badass, I'm talking about being sent equal parts sensitive and equal parts living without apology, being the most purposeful. Um, and, you know, it's wonderful when people can trust in both sides of themselves as a heart-centered centered person, you know, sensitive and fierce. I love that. And now I just remembered how this topic came up. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's something I might have said before. Possibly. uh, Definitely. It it certainly inspired this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So what about you, Molly? What does being heart-centered mean to you? Uh, For me, I can speak from my experience. Being heart-centered means uh, tapping into my feelings first. Uh, Oftentimes, well, in my case, it was always, you know, what do I need to do to make sure my family, they're okay? What do I need to do to survive? What do I need to, to do to, it's very pragmatic, very much about the left side of the brain, being logical, doing all the things right. And then for the longest time, ignoring what my heart was telling me, my emotions, my feeling, locking them away. And to be heart-centered is to allow yourself to actually understand what you're feeling, being able to then verbalize that and being able to emote, getting back to that place where you feel comfortable again, to to feel how you feel and to express yourself. And so that's when when I think about heart-centeredness, that's about understanding your own emotions so that when you show up in the world, you're very clear around your feelings, your intentionality, why you do the, the things you do and come from a place of truth when you're, you're sharing that with other people. This is how I feel. And because of that feeling, this is how I operate. This is how my, my behaviors manifest in this way. Being heart-centered is all about tapping into what's in my heart from that emotional place. We've not allowed ourselves um, for the most part in this society to operate from that place of heart-centeredness. We just got to always get things done. We always have to hustle. And I think it's that integration, that balance between the two. So for me is get, get us, go back to understanding your own feelings. Know thyself first, then take on the world. <laughs> and, but knowing yourself at an emotional level, 
Yes. That's really great. Okay, Dean. So you can answer this question and then jump on to the next question. This is why we went in this order. So what does being heart-centered mean to you? And then how can we help people? I'm such a guy. I got to say this. For me, it's, it's about not so much me and I, it's about you and we to that degree that it's OS2 or others oriented success solutions. So what's in it for them? Not for me. Yeah, sure. I got to be the vessel of the deliverer, but uh, I think most of us are probably most fulfilled when we are serving, when we are helping, we're generating results and value and helping other people achieve the results. Like when we give or do something nice in the community, how do we feel? Well, I don't know about you, but I think uh, I can speak for a lot of folks, and that is that we are multiply times blessed than we could ever make any kind of contribution. So it's about helping other people. So instead of about me finding me, I find me, uh, I know this could be misinterpreted, so hear my heart, <laughs> the, about finding me in my service to others, helping other people, serving other people. Because if at the end of the day, I love myself and nobody is valuably impacted as a result, then how valuable is this sort of others-oriented experience, this heart, this charismatic movement and perspective? How, how useful is it? So it's about what my heart and, and the things that, that I care about can be used to generate results and significant outcomes for others, I think. Okay, I have a question because yep. I love that too. So you're always thinking, and, and I know this about you, which is why we pulled you into this conversation. Um, isn't it, are you still fulfilled though when you're taking care of yourself? Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you because of this obsession, it's like a sickness. I am most fulfilled when I'm at service with others. So to the degree that I could sit here and bliss out and wait for the BMW to arrive in my in my front yard, or I could help people get the BMW and then guess what? Or whatever, that BMW is anything you want. That's like a killer relationship, health, wealth, happiness, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but uh, then I'm, I'm, again, multiple times blessed. Like if I, we have, ooh, I didn't even know I was going to do this. I'm all preaching now. This is the thing we call the love bag. I keep these in my car. So instead of giving out money, but sometimes I do, when I find somebody needs some help, I said, God loves you. Here you go. And uh, then it meets the immediate need. So I don't have to like pray over the grumbling sounds of their stomach. I can meet them where they are and minister to them where they are and serve them where they are. So it's very practical, but how do I feel when I give this away to somebody else? Much better than if I just knew that I happen to have it in the car. So that's the oh. other's only perspective anyway. And scene. And when you help <laughs> others, you, you feel good and you're helping yourself. But isn't that, well, going back to the original question, you know, when did be nice become a theme? It's more about, I think, being authentic because what about people who aren't nice by nature? They can't pull it off, can they? I think nice, being nice, doing good is a choice, strictly. And it, listen, if you get to choose to be miserable, be delighted and happy and excited, or if you get to be 
you know, choose. And again, we all choose differently. I, every single moment, every single day, I don't always choose delight and happiness. Sometimes I choose introspection and, and, and uh, sometimes even sadness or all those sort of things. But I think if we get to choose, and we do, uh, that why would we choose anything other than what's good for ourselves and others? Why would we choose anything less than the very best, the very highest we can be and bring and deliver? Oh, by the way, I'll say this. Selfishness or, or <laughs> serving is a selfish strategy for all the reasons I pointed out. Who feels the best when you serve? We do. We do. We do. So selfishness is not always a bad thing. So I can I pop in here and just Please. sort of give an observation. Yep. What I've what I see in all of our answers here is a commonality around um, connecting to what's our innate knowing. So like Molly's like, I need to understand my emotions in order to like you know, show up. This is, this is how I connect with myself. And then for Dean, what I hear is like, I feel my best and most purposeful when I'm serving others, you know? And I think that we're all coming at it from such a good place of like, yeah, service and um, authenticity to Deb's point, you know, like being in that authentic space. And also, you know, if we didn't have awareness around our feelings, I don't think we could do any of this work. You know, that's the, I don't have a choice piece. Like for me, if I go against my, my innate knowing that I'm here on this planet at this time to help others, you know, step more boldly into themselves or whatever my speech is, then how is that? How does that feel good? It, it feels disingenuous, right? And that's the heart centeredness too. So I don't know. I just, this is fascinating that we're all coming at it from these different angles and it's really just a, a beautiful tapestry we're weaving together, you know, very woo, way, way woo. Woo. And, and I'm just sitting here feeling very proud of myself for bringing you three together. So <laughs> I'll give myself the gold stars on that one. Oh, one thing that I say frequently is when you love what you do, it shows when you don't love what you do, it really, really shows. And I think that's also in alignment with being heart centered. Mm -hmm. When you lead with what brings you joy to help others, you know, mission driven, uh, to Dean's point, everybody feels good. Mm -hmm. They feel good, but you feel better. Molly, yeah. did you want to jump in? Yeah. On I, this action? <laughs> no, I was just, I was just observing and listening. And um, what came to my mind was this, this, reality that we all have motivations and drivers for why Dean, it, you know, has this, this, this desire, this need that fulfills him of service. I think we all do. If we're heart centered, we are in service. We that's, you know, that's kind of an innate thing. And then Aaron, I see how intuitive you are and how much you tap into and you're serving your, um, your female leaders or all leaders really in the end. Right. And I'm, I'm motivated myself with an emotional, from that emotional standpoint, for me, it's all about compassion and empathy because I experienced it in my life. I had people who saw things in me and my family that um, they didn't look away. They said there's something special in Mali and we didn't know because we didn't have access to things, what we didn't know about what was possible 
for a child refugee of war or a family who were refugees of war. It was the compassionate souls and leaders in my life and mentors who helped me see something differently, not only see the potential in myself, but see a different reality that was not even imaginable in my imagination. And being able to now be an entrepreneur in the United States of America as a U.S. citizen and be have a successful business, a business that I love, that's driven by my purpose, by the way, I feel very much about paying that forward. So even when we built our framework for our business to help develop humans and leaders, we built a framework called C3 that the foundation is compassion. That's the first C. And that compassion leads to designing cohesive teams and that cohesion leads to better collaboration. So that's our C3. All that to say that we all have these motivations that lead us down a particular path to be the heart-centered souls that we are, to do the good work. doesn't have to be the same motivations at all. It doesn't make sense to. We all have different life experiences. So what Aaron, you were you were kind of saying, and I'm just kind of putting an exclamation point is we all want the, the same thing or similar things. We all want to be in service to uplift humanity, but our motivations are, are the things that drive the differences in how we do it, how we show up, how we operate as self uh, as self-centered and um, self-compassionate and self-aware human beings to do this great work. (laughs) Boom. I I was going to say, how do you do this for like the audio version? If you're listening, I know it's like, everybody's like, whoa, well said. And those three C's, that is amazing. I love that. I love that. So before we, because you've, you've really led into this question, Molly, about, um, how you incorporate a heart into your business. So it is, is it with that three C's framework or is it something in addition? For us, it is, it is, um, we often say now that it's, we don't do organizational development. We don't do leadership development. We do human development. We do human development that fosters leadership development, that creates transformation in cultures. But the foundation is compassion and empathy. The foundation is this desire, this 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 willingness to invest in um, showing up as a leader for the whole humans that are coming to work to serve your mission to serve the people ultimately that are going to be greatly impacted. And for me, how does it show up in our business and how do we actually operationalize that is also being committed to the mission so committed that we're unapologetic about our framework, about the way in which we're going to shape your uh, staff, shape your leaders and shape your culture. It's not for everybody right now. If you're not ready for heart-centeredness, if you're not ready to lead with this emotional, um, allowing people to tap into almost a spiritual place to really make change happen for the long term, then C3, our framework at SOAR, is not necessarily something that's going to work for you right now. And that's okay, because we are committed to the mission of our mission is developing ultimately not only transforming cultures, 
developing transcendent leaders. That's our North Star. Our North Star is developing transcendent leaders that are legacy driven, are mission driven, um, but transcendence is what we're going for. Because why not aim for the stars? It's your business, right? I I love that. And the other point that you made, which I think is really important, is sometimes it's a not yet. Correct. Sometimes people just aren't ready. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. that's okay. They're yeah. just you don't burn the bridge. You just tell them when you are ready or when it's a better match or it's a better time. We are always here because this is my life's mission. I'm not going anywhere. So we're here for you. And feelings can be scary. You know, a lot of people are really uncomfortable in hard feelings or hard re- realizations. Like, it's totally true. And it's hard work. Yeah. That's the thing. There, there is a lot of work in that. It can be incredibly rewarding, though. Man, what you do is so cool, but it's hard work That's for right. sure. You have to be ready, ready, and, or at least willing to do it. Ready, maybe not, but willing. Yes. <laughs> well, I think willing and ready kind of go hand in hand too, because sometimes you you're ready, but you have to get to the willing, or sometimes you're willing and you're not quite ready. Sometimes. Right. I, I always laugh because some sometimes and now I do I do mostly workshops, but I've done a lot of client work and book development. And I've literally had people who I met and then they come to me years later and say, OK, I'm ready to do that book. Deb, I'm ready to choose myself and work with you to figure out what's next, because you need to be ready to embrace the change. Change is a choice and you can either run to it and be really excited about it. And if you're not, then it's not yet. Off soapbox. So, Dean, <laughs> you've you've alluded to this a little bit, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you incorporate a heart into your business. And I know you're like 100% heart. Okay, 99% heart and then 1% everything else that makes up the human's guts. But tell us a little bit more about how you incorporate this into what you do for others. Yeah, it's... Uh... Our part of our biggest part of our framework is helping people identify and then crossing the caring chasm, that gap between what they want and love love to do and actually do when it comes to serving others. So uh, there's a caring chasm. And we use a three-step uh, VIP process, which allows us literally to help people get anything they want on command and demand. They're very, very practical, first, foremost, regardless of anything else that I, you hear me say anyway, uh, if you can pay attention to this part and listen and understand how helping other people will help you get what you want by serving, and that is this, VIP, first, foremost, upfront, in advance, add value to people, add value to people. That value has to do something, of course, and that value generates impact for others, like VIP, right? Add value that adds impact for others, like boots on the ground, real result. If the value you deliver doesn't add impact for others, is it really as valuable as you want or hope that it would be? So value that adds impact so that everybody profits emotionally, spiritually, relationally, intellectually, and of course, as business leaders, financially. So add value, generates impact for others, and then you profit. If all you do 
is figure out how to create more and more elegant and effective ways to add value in the world to yourself and others. You never have to sell. You never have to slime. You never have to do any of that kind of practical. The world is literally at your beck and call because if I help you get the results you want, do I have to sell you? No. You simply want to potentially help me back. That's really kind of easy and fun. So VIP, add value, generates impact, and share in the profits. Ta-da. Flourish. <laughs> wow, Jeff. I love it. I, and I, I, what I was going to say is that, so I met Mali through my friend Wanda Allen. And Wanda Allen is the follow-up queen. I mean, she is remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I'd say every week or so, she just introduces me to people who need to meet each other. Or she introduces people. I'm sure it isn't just for me. Which... I think that is, that's kind of the joy of what we do is to make these connections, make these conversations. I get to do it with other people watching, but finding ways to elevate people in things that bring you joy and everybody benefits is like, I was going to say magic again, but I feel like I'm stealing your word, but isn't that what it's all about? I, I think so. I think so. It's, it's to me, it's charismatic. Listen, Here's whether it's true or not. Here's my internal core conviction. That is that no one, and I mean, but no one will out care, out serve, out deliver me. Now, that's not a point of ego. That's a point of value for others. How can I help you? And the determinant of that value is what's the impact that it generated? And then what, in what profit did we emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially share in together? So, uh, you know, I guess the simple question is, can is there is there a way you can care even more in any situation, circumstance, environment, whether it's listening, whether it's re- recommending somebody that's not you, like maybe you're not for us right now, as as I think it was Molly was saying earlier. And um, maybe it's not maybe you're not ready for what we have to offer. Or maybe, you know, so, hey, let me recommend you to somebody where it might be a good fit or match, not out of ego, not out of sales, but out of service. So serve your way to success. It really is. I think kind of simple, but again, I'm very practical. I'm also very weird. So that's my jam. (laughs) And you have the smallest teacup I've ever seen. Thank you very much. It's hot tea every time. (laughs) It's really funny because people show up with all these large mugs of Yeah. I mean, look at as big as my head. (laughs) I've seen, I've seen, you know, (laughs) like, like double the size of your, and I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, this is my integrity. It, it works for me, for sure. Uh, what I was going to say is that I will frequently have like three branding experts come on and three very different branding experts. Someone yep. who's going to hire one of them is not going to hire the other two, which is also kind of the fun of bringing together people who will, for lack of a better phrase, geek out on a topic. Yeah. It's because we bring our experience and yeah. our expertise in everybody, especially when you're in the zone, you will attract the right fit to work with anyway. Yeah. I think one of the greatest gifts we can deliver to the people that we hope to serve is to be like a magnet, equal parts compelling, drawing in, and equal parts repelling. In other words, 8 billion people on the planet aren't for me, aren't for you, aren't for anybody in this forum right now, right? So, but 
maybe the eight or the 80 or 800 or 8,000 might be. So my job, if I really care about you, if, if, if I care about you enough to like repel you or let you go so that I can, I can help you find the answers you are looking for, especially, and even if it's not me or somebody in my elk, same thing with the compelling. So compel and repel like a magnet. So. And when you say no to something that isn't a fit for yourself, you give someone else an opportunity to say yes. Totally. So that works really hand in hand there. Erin, you didn't answer the question yet about how you bring heart into your business, but your, your business is the heart center badass. So badass. Um, Well, speaking of branding, so my life career was in marketing. I was a business marketing strategist for most of my career. And then 10 years ago, realized that it was the woman behind the business who fascinated me and who I truly wanted to serve. And that's where I started putting my heart into, into that business was with her and helping her initially not only unpack some of the, you know, fatigue and overgiving and, um, you know, just general anxiety that she held over being a business owner. But once we started that conversation, really identifying and articulating what was meaningful in her relationship to herself, because I'm a big believer in the ripple effect, which is you start in the middle and every good thing you do is going to ripple out. It's, it's, it's a beautiful way to find flow and authenticity. And so I started working with the woman behind the business. And one of the tools that I use in my business is something called human design, which is a, the energetic blueprint of what we're here to do in terms of our life purpose. And so while it's a tool that not everyone is completely you know, aware of in the world, it is a place where my client and I can come together mm. and have different ways of talking and identifying the gifts that she's holding that maybe she's disconnected from and bring those around and how can we apply that into her business? And so human design has been this robust tool for me um, in, you know, getting them activated in doing things with more ease and more peacefulness, honestly. And that is where they're bringing their best and their, their highest self to the business and the business absolutely benefits from, you know, human design and then, you know, practical business strategy stuff that I can bring in marketing. But it is the, the, the talk about vulnerability. It is the, the diving into the exciting parts that have been left behind, maybe because their roles, mom has overtaken their business or they're, you know, have been too busy to, to stop and make the time for themselves. And so the work we do together really works on the relationship that the business owner has with herself. And, you know, then she can bring, like Dean was saying, I love that. It's like, then she could bring the value. Then her impact is greater Then the prosperity or the profit is so much more well, you know, distributed across the playing field. You know, it's, it's, that's what drives me in my work is helping her, you know, come back to herself. Being heart centered. It starts with you, very common theme, and what you emanate out into the world. So let's jump back to, I think, the question Dean jumped into at the very beginning, which is how can people, businesses, humans, be more heart-centered 
in their approach to the world, their life, business, professional, personal, what have you. So Dean, what say you? How can people be more heart-centered? I think as you as you look at your best good better and best practices in your in your business practically serving the people you aim to serve is am I caring the best that might be that hey what does your website look like does it demonstrate your care for cuz the old phrase nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care and the reason they hire us is because we are not only just the message, but we are the messenger of that message. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a cooperative experience. So um, how can you help people to care more about the people they serve and the way they serve? Like, as, let me give you an example. This is what we call invisible magic dust. It's a little hard to see because it's, oh, I don't know, invisible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... What a great way to like instead along with your tip, for instance, at a table, you can say you can slide this over. Hey, very rare sample of invisible magic dust created specifically to make your heartaches, headaches and passion and pain vanish without whatever. You know, you can say whatever you want. Um, and it's it's again, it's not it's not it's just a thing, whatever it is, whether it's a. Um, it's, it happens to be a magical perspective like this. It's like, think of a card and, oh, look, it's all the cards. Hey, all right. So your card is auto, auto magically there. It's not so much the principle or the process. It's the outcome, the delivery, the, the CEO, the chief experience officer you are for them in that moment. What kind of, kind of heart-centered outcome can you help them achieve? And even if it's just getting people to smile for their next uh, table uh, at, table 27 and you're at table 26 or whatever. So serve, serve, serve. And, and hopefully that'll kind of rub off uh, onto others. Super simple. I think very practical though. Well, I love the practical. I am all about goal setting simplified. And, and I think more than one of you mentioned smiling. Mm. Easiest thing you can do to brighten someone else's day. We're all nodding. There's a lot of people smiling right now. For you <laughs> podcast of- listeners, there's a lot of people smiling. That's right. Uh, so, Molly, uh, how do you uh, recommend what people can do to be more heart-centered? I'm going to come back to what I've been saying. I really believe this wholeheartedly. We all have to create more space in our lives for self-reflection. We have to create more quiet time to go inward and seek truth from within. What makes me feel good? We can just start with good. We don't have to start with great yet because we have to remember that a lot of us and myself included have had so much in our lives, so much pain and hurt and all these things um, that, that shape our behaviors, that shape how we show up, that put this layers of mask on us. And it takes years to start to de-layer these things. Most often, a lot of us don't get there because we don't create the space. We don't practice or ask ourselves, what, what is it that makes me feel good? How can I seek more harmony in my life? So a lot of it comes down to, again, before you can do anything for anybody else, you've got to get to that place of self-love and self-compassion. You've got to get to that place first. 
And that's where I always say start there because once you are once you are more connected to who you really are and you know it because there's an internal compass that tells you so. There's this inner peace, this inner knowing, this calm that takes over when you're getting closer and closer to your authentic self. When you start to get there, then that's when you can really be honest when you look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm getting somewhere now. I'm feeling this flow. I'm getting to this place where I really can show up, not only for myself, but for others. So that would be my ask for most people is find the time to even uncover, journal, whatever modality you choose to just uncover what makes you feel good, what gives you and brings you a sense of harmony. Start there. I love this. And this also kind of ties into what Dean was saying about the magnet attracting and reflecting. Because when you are in that zone, when you feel good about yourself and what you're doing, other people can feel that. So, but you need to get to that place first. So really, really important stuff. And that thing, that time, that pause, it's so important. But for a lot of people, it's so difficult to do, to just like stop. I never said any of this was easy. <laughs> it's definitely, we, you know, it, it takes a lot of uh, discipline also to, to walk through, as Aaron was saying, to continue to walk through that, that, that discomfort to get right. to the other side. Erin, mm-hmm. how do you recommend people become more heart-centered? What are some simple things they can do? So along the lines of what Mali was saying, my simple prescription for heart-centeredness is take deeper breaths. Because when you take deeper breaths, you slow everything down and it gives you the opportunity to be present. And that is something we do not do because we are a go, go, go and go some more kind of kind of society. So taking a deeper breath, every time you take a deep breath is an opportunity to reset. Every time you take a deeper breath, it's the opportunity to put yourself first. And every time you take a deeper breath is a gift you're giving yourself, right? So allow yourself to take a deep breath. And this one actually is easy. Yeah. Yeah. But it also like... It can be hard. Like how many times do you catch yourself, even if you're a, a well-versed meditator or breath work practitioner or whatever, do you catch yourself and you go, wow, I was holding my breath. Oh, oh. And you feel that, that expansion in your lungs and you're like, wow, I wasn't even breathing. We've all been there. So take a deep breath. Breathing is your friend. <laughs> breathing. It all comes back to the breath. Yeah, for sure. And it helps you to pause and helps you to reflect and to be a better version of yourself so you can help others and bring more good into the world. I love how all this, you know, like magic (laughs) ties in together. And, And so along those lines, and you've just given some really wonderful tips, but let's get even more specific. What sort of goals can we gift to the people, whether, whether you're a Uh, tuning in live or watching the replay or listening, what is something someone can do immediately to tap into and to become a little more heart-centered? Dean, what goal would you like to gift our audience? Sure. I would say challenge yourself to ask this question or these two questions very specifically. Who can I help? 
how can I help? Once you identify the who, then you work to find and identify the how. So you ask those, our entire business, our entire life, our entire structure is built on who can I help? How can I help? The more you help, it really is that simple. Then you get all this really cool, fun, chocolatey goodness and genius jam that everybody's been talking genius about. jam. So, you know, you spread it around. Spray around a genius jam, y'all. You know, so everybody gets a little something to take home with them. I, first of all, I love a good food reference. Can you give a good example to go with that? Um, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, okay. Do you have a favorite charitable cause, group, or organization that you're passionate about? Yes. Okay. If there was a way I could help you generate much-needed funds and awareness for your group, cause, or organization, would you at least be interested in having a conversation about how we might be able to do that? Of course. Of course you would, right? Because I added, I added something of value to you. First of all, I valued you. Then I found something of value to you. And then one, and, and the third is I want to add value to the thing that you value, that you, is value, that you are valued by, right? Easy for me to say. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So now, of course, there's tons of ways to do that. Well, that's not what we're here for. But, but find something. Who can I help? How can I help? Deb, I can help you with somebody that you want to help. And then how we help is maybe potentially partner together, create an event, do some real cool, fun stuff, generate hundreds of thousands of dollars for that group or organization. Everybody walks away happy as an example. And when I say dollars, as we know, it's, it's all the good stuff that comes with it, not just slips of green paper or multicolored paper for our northern friends. <laughs> Excellent. I love that. Um, so, Malie, what goal would you like to gift? Find a practice that works for you to shift your mindset, to go through this journey of uncovering what makes you feel good, what makes you feel good when you're in service. What are the things that you're doing? Uh, you know, it could be that you have this memory of being a child and love being in the garden, but you haven't tapped into that part of you and finding causes where you can show up and do the things that matter to you, which feeds you somehow, which then allows you to be healthier and happier. And then that overflows and, and moves out of you externally into the world. So find the practice that will allow you to get closer to you and cover the things that make you feel good, that make you feel great, that make you feel divine, right? Take it one step at a time. And uh, and, for, and and some specific examples, Deb, would be that for me, the practices, the modalities that really stuck for me, because we there's so many modalities out there and so many practices and whatever works for you works for you. For me, it's meditation. For me, it's EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique tapping. I do that every day in the shower um, because I do have a lot of trauma uh, in my life. And I know that for me, I don't want to be the victim of that trauma. I don't want to continue to repeat those patterns. So these modalities work for me. And when I draw in a new breath every morning, I get to start anew. Um, but that doesn't come naturally until it does. And so that Building that practice, building the muscle memory, allowing yourself to go through that process is so important for you to show up authentic and loving. And it does become easy, easier 
because when you show up, it's more, it's more real to you. You don't have to try so hard. You don't have to convince anybody. You just get to be, you just get to be and the, and people will be attracted to that. People will be curious about that. And I would say, get to find whatever you need to do to get to a place where you can just be. First of all, I love that you answered my follow-up question without me asking it. Amazing. Thank you. Um, And second of all, I love that you've taken all this trauma, that you've done something that very few people can, which is take your trauma and turn it into good for others. So I just want to thank you for sharing your story with us, but for all that you do to help others, because I know that not everybody can help and can come from that kind of experience and be able to help others. So I do get what a big deal that is. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for acknowledging that. <laughs> and and I apologize, Erin, you have to follow that. Sorry. I, I really can't <laughs> add to that. Um, I think it was so well expressed. Um, but, you know, the one thing that, that occurs to me for heart-centeredness is practice gratitude. Even if you just write down three things you're grateful for, or you say, I'm thankful for this out loud, something that allows the neural pathways of the brain to understand that you're grateful and feeling blessed. You know, that's really important. That is a great goal, practicing gratitude. I I call it um, a wind journal, Mm -hmm. which, which, and I keep it in a Google doc where every day I just write to, and call it wins, call it gratitude, call it just a happiness for being. But when you write down the things that you do that make you feel good, it really works with that energy. It makes things better for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you have to celebrate those wins. We go so fast, we forget to celebrate the things that are working. And that's such a big part of that. And I love your wins journal. I, I remember you mentioned it last time I was on the show. And I just think that is so truly badass. Truly. Well, you probably inspired this comment the last time you were on <laughs> speaking <laughs> with me, which is fine. It's all good, right? But but that's really the essence of it. And one thing that I've done is I'll say, okay, this month I'm keeping a wind journal. You know, I've done it sporadically, but at the start of the year, I said, okay, this year I'm keeping it daily. And even if I skip a day or two, it's just writing down one line of something good that happened to you that day yes. will elevate you. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And it could be something as simple as, you know, I made fresh bread. I mean, talk about a win you can eat. I, mean, <laughs> I love that. It, it's well in um, Molly was talking about what are the things that center yourself that make you feel good. I love cooking because I can't be connected to a computer or a phone when I'm doing it. And as a bonus, there is food. So we're, we're all looking for those things that make us happy, the things that elevate us. And, and Dean, with all of the chocolatey goodness that he's been talking about since we started, uh, it's being heart centered is being in touch with your heart. I think we can all agree in and finding ways to show it in all that you do personally and professionally. And this is just, it's wonderful conversation. Uh, before we wrap, where can people learn more about you? Dean, where can sure. people learn more about you? Uh, just 
free gifts, tools, connection points, all that stuff right there. Contactdean.com. Contactdean.com. There's tools, trainings, insights, information, whatever you need. Take what you need. Take the best. Leave the rest. Contactdean.com. That's simple. Love that. Easy. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Molly? Where can people learn more about you? Soar, S-O-A-R, communitynetwork.com. And I'm on all the social media. My full name, uh, you have it on the screen here, Mali Pompadit. You can find me, just Google my name, LinkedIn. I'm there a lot. So that's pretty simple. Excellent. And Erin, where can people find you? Heartcenteredbadass.com. I have freebies, meditations, soulpreneur balance checklists, and I'm on the socials too, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram under my name, Erin McCoy, M-A-C-C-O-Y. Awesome. I I have, I think I have for both of you, for for when I did, um, (laughs) when I did the setup of this, your names, but I think a heartcenteredbadass.com. Mm-hmm. That works. Contactbean.com yeah. works. Soarcommunity.com works. Sorry, soarcommunitynetwork.com. And if you go to thedevmethod.com slash blog, you can uh, read the recap for this and the previous shows. And I will have the links to all these websites as well as the links to connect on LinkedIn because you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So be our people. Just drop a note and say that we met here on Gold Chat Live slash The Deb Show Podcast. Um, And I am at The Deb Method everywhere. (laughs) So you can learn more about me there as well. And if you need help setting goals, a heart-centered or otherwise, you can grab a copy of my book, Your Goal Guide, A Roadmap for Setting Planning and Achieving Your Goals. Commercial over. Before we wrap, um, I would love for you all to just leave our viewers with a final thought. Molly, would you like to go first? Practice self-love and self-compassion and it your, your heart will show up. Your heart will just, you will pour so much goodness into the world, into your workplace, into the community. And uh, you're going to just feel more in alignment with who you are. So just keep on that journey. Just keep on that journey. Love that. Dean, final thought? Final thought. Okay. (laughs) For those of you listening, (laughs) I just thought for a moment. Uh, So let me voice that thought. And that is uh, certainly easily just go find ways to be of value, service, support, and encouragement. If you want to feel better, you want to be more centered, you want to be more you, go help somebody and selfishly reap the rewards of the value you create for others. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Find ways to be value, a value to be a value, service, and support to others. Yeah, That's VIP, value, impact, profit. Thank you, Dean Thank and you. Aaron. Final thought: Let bliss be the primary motivator in everything you do. Ooh, I like that because when you come from joy, everything is even better. Yes, absolutely. If you go to thedevmethod.com slash blog, you will be able to see the recap with some of the highlights and the goals 
and the links from this episode. And if you are tuning in, I first I want to say thank you for tuning in, whether you're listening or watching, for choosing yourself. Uh, thank you to my wonderful guests, Dean, Aaron, and Malie, for sharing your hearts in this conversation about being heart-centered. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad you're all here today. Um, you can catch me live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook. And again, reach out and connect with me. Connect with yourself. Find your bliss. Find your joy. Go out there. Go for it. Be heart-centered. And we all know that you can do it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.